John Stott said the secret of good relationships in the Christian community is the recognition that Jesus Christ is Lord and that Christians live unto him. So when I was 15 years old, I made the decision to follow Jesus. When I was 15 years old, I also made another great decision and one decision that's going to impact my life until the day I die. And that decision was to enter into a relationship with Elaine. See, when I started dating Elaine, I had the heart of a human being in the flesh who had fleshly desires that overtook my desires for God. And as I got into that relationship, I dove into it with the expectation that Brendan was going to receive the glory. I didn't get into that relationship thinking that I was going to give Jesus all the glory through the relationship. And what I did when I entered the relationship in that mood was I put Elaine's walk with Christ at risk. And I put the walk that I didn't even have started with Christ yet in risk. See, God had a plan and a purpose for everything. He had a plan and a purpose for our relationship. And it took me fully trusting in Jesus and his plan for my life and becoming a Christian and truly grasping that before I could truly understand what it meant to live in a Christ-like relationship. And that changed everything. That changed the way that I carry myself in my own life and the way I carry myself towards Elaine. Living a Christ-like relationship will change you guys' lives too. Today, that's what we're going to be talking about. Read with me in 1 Peter 3, 1-7. It says, In the same way, wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands, so that even if some disobey the word, they may be won over without a word by the way their wives live. When they observe your pure, reverent lives, don't let your beauty consist of outward things like elaborate hairstyles and wearing gold jewelry or fine clothes, but rather... What is inside the heart, the imperishable quality of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is a great worth in God's sight. For in the past, the holy women who put their hope in God also adorned themselves in this way, submitting to their own husbands, just as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. You have become her children when you do what is good and do not fear any intimidation. Husbands, in the same way, live with your wives in an understanding way as with a weaker partner, showing them honor as co-heirs of the grace of life, so that your prayers will not be hindered. I want you guys to notice something in this passage. In this passage, Peter says, in the same way, to start it. This is directly tying into what we read last week about being an obedient servant and being a witness by the way we conduct ourselves in our everyday lives the way you carry yourself at school, to the way that you conduct yourself at work and even in the manner in which you work, right, or anything else you do, you have to be an obedient servant in that in order to be an obedient servant to Christ. In this portion of the book, though, in 1 Peter 3, at the start of it, Peter really dives into one specific area of our lives and the importance of using that platform to glorify Jesus. And that area is your relationships. I'm not talking about relationships from peer to peer, right? I'm talking about a special kind of Valentine's relationships. I'm talking about the way that you date someone. What does biblical relationships look like in that sense? And I want you guys to see in this passage that Peter makes an incredible note of the importance of those relationships in glorifying Jesus. 
But Paul, he also dives into this topic as well. When Paul says in Ephesians 5, 22 through 33, Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord, because the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church. He is the Savior of the body. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives are to submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loves the church and gave himself for her, to make her holy, cleansing her with the washing of water by the word. He did this to present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or anything like that, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands are to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife love him, loves himself. For no one ever hates his own flesh, but provides and cares for it. Just as Christ does for the church, since we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. And the two will become one flesh. This mystery is profound, but I am talking about Christ and the church. To sum it up, each of you is to love his, life, his wife as himself, and the wife is to respect her husband. The idea here that Peter and Paul are trying to convey through what we talked about last week and what we talked about today is just as last week we talked about we don't obey the government simply because they are the government, but instead we obey the government because God put them into place. We also respond to our spouse with love and respect, not simply because they are your significant other, but because God put them into place. Right? When we look at our relationships in the light that they were meant to be seen in, which is a direct reflection of our relationship with Jesus, then we start to let Jesus take control of our relationship. I'll say it again. When we look at our relationship in the light that they were meant to be seen in, which is a direct reflection of our relationship with Jesus, then we start to let Jesus take control of our relationship. Our relationship should first be a reflection of our love for God, but then be a reflection of our love for our significant other. In other words, when your significant other is trying to live in a way that pulls you away from God and get you to join, we have to put our foot down and must remember our first Love in this life is none other than Jesus. And our next step should be showing love and compassion to them and pulling them more towards a Christ-like mindset instead of being pulled down to a worldly mindset in your relationship. As I look at me and Elaine's relationship, I hope in several different ways you guys have been impacted by our relationship. There's multiple reasons that I can think of now that looking back, our benefits to living in a Christ-like relationship. Several benefits, several game-changing, life-changing benefits that are going to help you walk closer with Christ, have a better relationship with Jesus, and also have a better relationship with whoever you're dating or someday even married to. And the first one is this. This is the first reason that I could think of that we live in Christ-like relationships. And that's that it impacts others. I hope today that you can look at me and Elaine's relationship and think, man, that's a Christ-like relationship. Not to be conceited, right? I don't say that to say that I have this amazing relationship, but I tell you that because Jesus has taken control 
of my life. And I hope that that is shown in the way that I love my fiance and soon to be wife. And I hope that makes an impact on you. And I hope that pushes you each towards a godly relationship, whatever that looks like in your context. But a relationship that first loves Jesus and the closer that you guys get to Jesus, at the same time, the closer you will get to each other. And that leads straight into the second reason of why you live in a Christ-like relationship. And that's that it impacts who you're in a relationship with. Right when I first got saved, I was a brand new Christian. Elaine had been a Christian for a long time. And in that, she had a tremendous opportunity to make an impact on me. And she did. And today, our relationship's stronger because of it. I had accepted Jesus. And I had gotten the girl that I've always dreamed of having. And when I got that, I could have easily pulled her down. But instead, she pulled me up. And because of that, it impacted me in so many ways. And it grew me closer to Jesus. And guys, I'm not saying to go find a rebel child, right? I'm not saying to just go date anybody, right? I know that I wasn't a Christian when me and Elaine started dating. But that can be a very dangerous game if you're not sure of where you stand right now with Christ. If you're not in a strong relationship with Jesus, it's so much easier to be pulled off the chair than to pull someone up onto the chair with you. So be very, very, very fruitful. Be very cautious and pray before you ever get into a relationship, specifically with someone who is not a believer. And in fact, if possible, I would encourage not to with someone who's not a believer. Because here's the last thing. The reason I say that is here's the last thing is it impacts you. As I was saying with the illustration of the chair, it's so much easier for someone to pull you down than it is for you to pull someone back up. And we have to ask ourselves today, and as we go forward, we have to ask ourselves, is it more important for me to have a healthy relationship with Jesus or to have a healthy relationship with someone on the planet? God eagerly desires for us to have a healthy relationship with Him. And it's so important for us to make Him a priority. And as we get into a godly relationship, and as we get closer to Jesus, what we'll find is that God will put things in place. He'll put the right person in your life. And what you'll see is as each of you get closer together, and as you guys both grow in your love and appreciation and admiration of Jesus, what you'll find is you'll climb a pyramid and at the middle you'll meet. You'll get closer to the top. You'll get closer to Jesus. And you'll get closer to each other the more you work towards Christ.